We are glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we want to hear about it. If you've been impacted by Fuel Church, share your story with us by emailing mystory at thefuelchurch.com. And to learn more about our worship experiences, visit our website at www.thefuelchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Today, uh, to conclude this series, I want to talk about uh, what I believe is probably the main reason people don't believe in God in a message that I've titled, Heartless God. Can you say that with me? Heartless God. This is the person that wants to believe in God, but says, how can I believe in a God who really doesn't seem to care? Like there's so many bad things happening in the world. I mean, we flip on the news this week, bad things, terrorist attack, shootings, Christians being murdered for their faith, so many bad things. How can I believe in a God who allows these things to happen? My point of view is he's a heartless God. He's a heartless God. Hmm? We've all heard stories, stories of heartbreak, stories of innocent people losing their lives, innocent children. And we can look at that and we could, maybe it hits home with us because someone in our life died way too young because of a disease or, or something or cancer. We think we have all been connected with somebody who has lost their life due to cancer. And we can look at our society and we can look at the world and, and we can say, man, why are innocent children starving to death? Why isn't there food for them? If, if, if you're that good, God, then, then, then why can't everybody be fed a decent meal? And we can look at natural disasters and see innocent lives being taken away. And we can look at God and say, why, God? Why? Why do you allow bad things to happen to good people. Let me break it down to your level. Maybe in your life, you've asked that question. You said, man, I I have faced so many bad things in my life. I'm reminded that there are people here every week who have been through some sort of abuse that was out of their control, whether it's a physical abuse or sexual abuse or mental abuse, emotional abuse. People come through these doors with hurts. People come through these doors with pain. There are people here who have prayed for loved ones to get healed. You stood on God's word. You quoted the word of God and God gave you a promise that they would be healed, but then they they died. People here with real issues. People here who go through pain every single day. People here that have physical pain and they went from doctor to doctor and they tried this medicine and that medicine and this therapy and that therapy and nothing seems to get better but it just keeps getting worse. Why, God? Why, why do you allow this? God, are you here? Do you even care, God? Are you really good? Have, have you ever been there? I've been there. I've asked those questions many times. I want to believe God, but you just don't seem to care. Maybe you've said this. I I want to believe God, but you just seem so heartless. You seem like you're really not there 
when I need you. I want to encourage you today, if you've ever felt that way, if you've ever felt like God was distant, if you ever felt like God was heartless, you're not the only one who felt that way. There's actually a Bible right here full of individuals, men and women, who felt that way as well. Many times we look at the Bible and we think that they were that they're, these people, these characters in the Bible were just some super spiritual uh, individuals that lived in some super spiritual fantasy land and had all these great powers. That's why they're in the Bible. No, they had a lot of pain as well. They had a lot of hurts. They had a lot of questions. They went through a lot of stuff. And that's why God gave us his word so we could relate to it, right? It's not some Disney novel here. Come on now. This stuff did happen. This stuff did happen. And so the Bible is full of characters. They were, they were real people with real struggles. I mean, just a few examples. David. I mean, here's David. He was this great king, and he wrote most of the book of Psalms. And we find David going on this emotional roller coaster of God, man, God, you're awesome. God, you delivered me. God, you showed up when my enemies are here. And then the next moment, David's saying, God, are you even listening? God, are you even here? I'm going through a dark place. I'm going through a dark valley. Where are you, God? You seem heartless. Where are you? I don't feel you. I don't sense you. I don't hear you like I used to. What about Job? I mean, if you've been in church at any time, you know the story of Job. And Job is this Bible character that literally had everything but lost everything. I mean, he had all the wealth. He had the cars. Come on. He had, he had the, the, the Suburban on 20s. Come on, somebody. He had the newest J's on. I mean, Job had everything. The granite countertops. Come on. He had it. And he lost it all, the Bible says. He lost everything. His friends, the Bible says. His family. Actually, it gets to a point in Job's life where his wife looks at him and says, Bro, curse God and die. I'm gone. <laughs> you know it's bad when your wife wants you to die. Now, if your wife has ever said that to you, just look straight ahead and don't look at her right now. But that's bad, folks. Job's wife, just curse God. God took everything. You know, God ain't real. God, God's heartless. Job, Job, just curse him. You've been serving God this whole time. You've been saying God's going to turn it around. You're saying God's going to restore. Job, just curse God and die. That's what she said to him. So, 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 so there were characters. In the Bible. There's this guy, John the Baptist, and, and he was the cousin of Jesus. And the Bible said that he was the forerunner. He was the one that came before Christ to prepare the way to tell people about the Jesus that was about to come onto the scene. You remember John the Baptist? What we don't talk about is when John the Baptist got arrested and put in jail for preparing the way for Christ. Christ was on the scene. Christ was performing miracles, baptizing people. They locked John the Baptist up. And you know what John did? He sat in a prison cell and Jesus never came to him. Now, come on, man. John and Jesus, they're cousins. You know, hook your cousin up, man. Break him out. Do those special Jesus powers and break these bar, these, the bars of this jail, right? He didn't do it. He didn't do it. John's sitting there for day after day, week after week, month after month. I'm the one that prepared the way for Jesus. Where's Jesus? He actually sends a letter to somebody. He says, ask him. 
Send this to Jesus. They're like, Jesus? Who's Jesus? J.C., Jesus Christ. (laughs) Send this to Jesus. Ask him, are you really the one or should we look for another? Wow. How doubt can creep into our hearts when we don't feel like God is present in our pain. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but about a dozen people told me first service was exactly for them. So maybe God is speaking to you today. Maybe you've had this distorted view that God is heartless when you face pain. In the next few moments, I will not be able to answer every question you have. But I will point you to the one that one day will. I will point you to the one that one day will. In my personal life, when I encounter something in my life that seems so painful, when I go through something and it seems unbearable, when I have to conduct funerals for young people over the years, when something tragic happens to a family, there's a scripture that I lean into because I don't have all the answers. I really don't. I don't have all the answers why bad things happen to good people. I don't have them. But this scripture gives me comfort, and I hope it gives you comfort. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says this that the secret things belong to the Lord. The secret things. I don't understand. How could could I do funerals for teenagers? Little kids. That's hard. I I don't get it. I don't get it, guys. But I can lean into that scripture and say the secret things belong to the Lord. One day, one day, all questions will be answered one day. So today, I just want to give you two main thoughts for the remainder of our time that we can embrace when God doesn't seem fair. Have you ever said, God, you don't seem fair? Come on. Have you ever said, God, this isn't fair. Why am I facing this? Why Why do I have this physical challenge? Why do I have this financial challenge? Why do I have this pain? Why is my heart broken into a million pieces again and again and again? Why, God? Why aren't you fair? Two main thoughts that I believe will give you some encouragement. I came to give you your vitamin E today. Are you ready for it? Your vitamin E encouragement. Number one, when God doesn't make sense, you need to understand that God has a purpose in your pain. Let's say it, church, together. God has a purpose in your pain. God has a purpose in your pain. Even when you're hurting, you need to know this. God is still working. God is still working. I'm going to take this off because I want to preach now. I want to preach now. Is this all right? Can I throw it to your dad like, like we at a Pentecostal church? Ah! Felt the Holy Ghost. Maybe someone in here has been let down. Maybe you've lost someone or you've lost something that was important to you. Maybe you've been taken advantage of. Maybe life didn't turn out the way you wanted it to and you're in your 60s or 70s or 80s and you're just like, I wish I would have done this different. I, w- I wish I could turn back time. Maybe, maybe you, you have a broken marriage due to infidelity. Maybe there's a broken home. Maybe you, you've lost everything like Job. Maybe your money is bad. Money is funny. It ain't working out. 
Maybe you got sickness in your body. Maybe you've been diagnosed with cancer. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you just had a bad week. Has anybody ever had a bad week that turned into a bad month, that turned into a bad year? Oh, I can't get no honest people up in here. My wife and I have a, a saying for that. We said, this has been hell week. <laughs> How many play football? You know what hell week is, right? This has been hell week. It's like hell knocked on our door and is trying to get in every area of our life. And sometimes hell week turns into hell month. And sometimes hell month turns into hell year. And sometimes you're like, man, that was one hell of a year. <laughs> I had to go there. For those of you who are religious, it's okay. It's okay. Don't worry. Hold on to your wallet. We're not taking up another offering. And, and, and sometimes you're like, my God, when is the pain going to stop? When is the money going to be right? When is my mind going to stop? I can't take all the thoughts. and the, It's like machine gun bullets being shot at me every day. And I have no peace. I can't sleep. And I got anxiety. And I got stress about this and about that. And my marriage is it just, it's not flowing. And the kids are crazy. And I wanted to send them to heaven early. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, just kidding. And, and I just don't know what to do, God. But God has purpose in your pain. I said God has purpose in your pain. Whatever level you're hurting at, you need to know that God always has purpose in your pain. One of the scriptures I draw strength from is 1 Peter Verse 6 and 7, look at this. And all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Have you looked at your life and said, there's all kinds of mess right now. There's all kinds of stuff going wrong. Like, like the car broke down, the refrigerator ran out of my house. Come on, somebody. Like, like everything's breaking, everything's falling apart. The warranty just went out last week on the refrigerator and it broke down today. You know what I mean? Like everything going wrong. Copays just went up for the doctors. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Paul said, look at this. Or Peter said this. Listen, when you face all these trials, verse 7, these have come. Why have they come? Let's find out. They have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of great, is greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. What's he saying? What you're going through is working for you. But it hurts. It does hurt, right? It's painful. But he said, listen, listen, listen. God has a purpose in your pain. No, God does not cause the pain. But God will, through the pain, give you purpose. I hear people all the time, well, God just need another rose in his garden. That's why he took her. No, he does not need another rose in his garden. Please quit saying that. Please quit saying that. We have an enemy. We have an adversary, and his purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. And he'll do it sometimes by our own self-destruction. So, 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 no, God doesn't need another rose in his garden. Actually, he, he's setting it up for us to rule and reign with him forever. So he actually told us, hey, you can have days of heaven here on earth. I want you to be on earth because I need you to get my message of hope and grace out. So actually, he doesn't need us up there right now. I got to fix some theology here. 
Because someone told you God needed another rose in his garden. That's why they took your love, he took your loved one. No, God does not take loved ones. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundantly. Are you all right today? Yes. See, God has purpose in your pain. God will always put to use what you go through. I, I say it like this. It's not what I go through. It's what I grow through. It's what I grow through. If, if you can hold on. I know it hurts, but if you can hold on, you're going to grow through this. You're going to be stronger. You're going to come out on the other side with more wisdom. You're going to come out on the other side with more faith. You're going to come out on the other side with a stronger marriage, with stronger finances. You're going to learn to manage your finances. You're going to be better because of this pain. I know right now it doesn't look like it, but you cannot be moved by what you feel. You have to be moved by faith and faith alone. You can't be moved by it. The Bible says, Proverbs 3, 4, and 5, lean, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understandings, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. See, the problem with many of us, when we go through pain, when we go through trials in our life, we start to lean on ourselves. We start to lean onto our spouse. We start to lean onto our kids. We start to lean onto our job. And God said, no, 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 you're leaning the wrong way. Turn the lean. Oh, hit your neighbor and say, you got to turn the lean, turn the lead. Come on now. Someone say, get your lean on. Just leaning in the wrong direction. Get your lean on. Come on. How many drive like this and get your lean? Come on now. Some of y'all know what I'm saying. Like, what's up? Yeah, I got my new car. What's up now? You're leaning the wrong way. You're leaning to self. You're leaning to your, your spouse. And God said, no, 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 no. I need you to lean into me when it hurts. I need you to lean into me when it's painful. Because when you lean into me, you gain something that you've never had before. Oh, oh, let's check it out. What does Paul say? What does Paul say? That's the second point. I'm already ahead of myself. Praise God. <laughs> see, see, see. God takes our pain and he gives it purpose. I said God takes our pain and he gives it A lot of times we just have to change our perspective of pain. See, our perspective would be because, because we just look at it as this thing's going to take me out. I can't make it through this. I'm, I'm crumbling. And that's what the devil tells us, that we're not going to make it out. That's the enemy whispering in your ear. You failed. You've done, you, you, it's done. It's over. But actually, the Bible says in Psalms 46 that God is an ever-present help in the time of need. Actually, it's, another translation says when trouble comes, God is there. Now, now, let's be honest, class. Let's be honest. How many in here can honestly say that you caused some of the trouble in your life? My hand's up. Actually, both hands are up. Right, right, right. So we do know that even when we're in trouble and we cause the trouble, that there are consequences to our trouble that we caused ourselves. Are we good? Even when, though there are consequences, God shows up in the middle of our trouble. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Let's go back to David. David should have been out fighting the battle. David should have been out with all the soldiers, but he stayed home and he went up on the rooftop and he ended up committing adultery. He ended up committing a sin. But the Bible says that God even showed up in the middle of his trouble. Now, there were consequences for that sin. Yes, there was. Yeah, there are consequences for that sin. Don't be going home and be like, Anna, you know, there ain't no concept. David got away with it. No, David didn't get away with it. David did not get it because sin always pays wages. 
But the wages, that, that check of sin, it ain't worth cashing in on. Yeah, the wages of sin is death, the Bible says. But, 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 but David, David said, my God, I've been through the darkest of times, and I committed adultery, and I even had the, the lady's husband murdered and killed. He was one of my officials, one of my army guys out there, and I had him murdered. And David came to the conclusion, my God, if I even make my bed next to hell, God, you're right there with me. That no matter what I do, God, you never leave me in the middle of my trouble, in the middle of my mess that I made myself. God is there. I need to tell somebody God is there. Yeah, you made a mess, but God is there. And you can learn from that and you can grow from that. That doesn't give you an excuse to go back to that. That doesn't give you an excuse to do that again. No, 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 no. Oh, well, what about grace? Grace, grace is just, you know, people say greasy grace. No, grace gives you the power to not sin. When you have a revelation of what Jesus did for you, then you fall in love with Jesus and you're no longer under the law. You're now in love with Jesus. And so now I don't want to sin because I, lo- I want to do what's right to please my Savior. So grace actually gives you the power to say no to sin. Huh? So, so I love this. I love this quote. Sometimes you must hurt in order to know. You must fall in order to grow. You must lose in order to gain because most of life's lessons are learned through pain. Most of life's lessons, it, it, we grow through pain. I, I, I was with a trainer right after I had my back surgery and I hired him for a year. He said, no, I need you to stay with me for a year. If you stay with me for a year, you come three times a week, you're going to get stronger. I had my second back surgery about six years ago. And I remember how painful those first few months were because I hadn't worked out in many years. And he just kept encouraging me and said, listen, just keep coming. Don't call out. Don't go eat pizza and donuts and not come. Come on now. I would get very sidetracked on my way to the gym. I know none of you do that. But pray for my struggle. It's real. He said, just be faithful and come. And I'd be doing the workouts, and there were times I was like, I can't do anymore. He said, yes, you can. He said, you're getting stronger. I said, but it hurts. He said, I know it hurts. I know it's painful. And because it's painful, you're getting stronger. You're getting stronger. And month after month, I stayed faithful to it. And month after month, and the year came, and I was stronger. And my core was strengthened, and my back pain almost completely left my life because I had to go through pain because pain will always make you stronger. What doesn't break you will make you. Point number one, God has a purpose in your pain. Point number two, God is present in your pain. Not only does he have a purpose, but God is present. God is present. He is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in the time of trouble. Too often we want God to give us what we want when we're facing pain. And God is saying, no, God wants to show us that he is all we need when we're facing pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we want God. God. God, just give me this, and then the pain will go away. Give me this promotion, or uh, if I can move into that house, or if I can drive that car, then all the pain. No, no, God's like, I need you to see that in the middle of pain that I am all you need. When you lean into me, when you lean in and trust me, that's when your strength comes to our scripture. 
that I talked about a minute ago. Paul writes two-thirds of the New Testament, right? Paul is a very strong spiritual figure in the book, in the Bible. I mean, he, he was an apostle and he, he's, he's planting all these churches and he would write letters to them, the Corinthian church and uh, the church of Ephesus, the church of Philippi, and, you know, writes two-thirds of the New Testament. Now, Paul's life was, was this struggle as well. He had these great victories, but three times we see that he asked God to take this thorn away, this thorn of the flesh, he calls it. He calls it the thorn of the flesh. We don't know what it is. The Bible doesn't say exactly what it is, but it was a weakness. It was a struggle. It was a temptation. It could have been a sickness. It could have been a disease. I don't know what it was, but it was something that bothered Paul. It was something that he struggled with because three times in the book of Corinthians, he asked God, God, I need you to do something about this. I'm doing a work for you. I'm planting churches, and I just can't seem to get over this thing, right? Jesus, or God answers him and says this. He said to me, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, throw it on the screen here, look. My grace, my what? My what? Is sufficient for you, for my power, someone say my power, power. is made perfect in weakness. Oh my gosh. You notice God didn't say, I'm taking it away. Some of you have asked God to take something away that is still there. And God is saying, I need you to tap into my grace. I need you to tap into my grace because my grace is sufficient for you and and my power is made perfect in your weakness. Got a weakness? Got a struggle? Got a temptation? You're in good company with Paul. Paul said, I can't do it anymore. He said, that's all right. All you got to do is tap into my grace. Well, what is grace? I thought grace was just the forgiveness of my sins. Well, it's way more than that. Grace is everything that Jesus is. I said, grace is everything that Jesus is. So if I'm sick, then grace is my healer. Yeah. If I got a problem, then grace has the answer. Yeah. If I'm confused, then grace is my peace. If I got a bad report from the doctor, then grace is who I trust. My grace is sufficient for you. When you're weak, You can lean into my power. You can lean into me, and I will strengthen you through the pain. Oh, come on, somebody. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 and 9, for we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. Why grace? We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. Why grace? We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. I need you to know you are never abandoned by God. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. I don't care what you've done, how many times you've done it, and who you've done it with. Really doesn't matter. God will never abandon you. Your father may abandon you, but God will never abandon you. You need to know that today. You need to know that today. Scripture goes on. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Why? Grace. My grace is sufficient. Lean into it. Lean into my grace, God says. Lean into my grace when you're hurting. Lean into my grace when it's painful. Lean into my grace when you don't know what to do, when you've done everything in the natural and sense and reason tells you you're out of options. Lean into my grace. 
Lean into my grace for that marriage. Lean into my grace for that wayward child. Lean into my grace for your financial situation. Lean into my grace for that addiction you're battling. Lean into my grace. Because it's sufficient. It's more powerful than the weakness that's in your life right now. Lean, lean in. Lean in. Lean in. The power is not from ourselves. It's from God. God is saying, I'm all that you need when you're hurting. I'm all that you need. Paul actually goes on to say in, in, in 2 Corinthians 12, he actually looks back on the thorn of the flesh, whatever it was, that weakness, that struggle, and he, he implies that it was a good thing. <laughs> Look at this. Verse 10, therefore, I, or the end of verse 9, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness. <laughs> what? So that Christ's power may rest on me. Verse 10, this is why for Christ's sake. Okay, Paul, what are you on right now? This is crazy. I delight in weaknesses, insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, what? Then I am what? I'm strong. I'm strong. See, you thought it was weak. You thought I was weak, but God calls me strong. Your spouse thought you was weak, but God calls you strong. Your friends thought you were weak, but God calls you strong when you lean into him. Lean into him. Lean into him, not to your own understanding, but lean into him. Lean into his power. You can't work it out on your own. You can't do it on your own. You got to lean into him when you don't know what to do. When you don't know how it's going to work out, you got to lean into him. Paul was saying, I delight in pain. Why? Because it draws me closer to the healer. He, Paul was saying, I delight in a hard season. Why? Because it's breaking me of my self-sufficiency. Paul was saying, I delight in the lonely season of life when no one seems to care, when no one's around. Why? Because it's drawing me closer to my Savior. Paul said, I delight in this weakness. Why? Because I'm learning to trust in God's strength. I delight it. I embrace it. Not comfortable. It hurts, but I embrace what I'm going through right now. Because through this, God is going to get the glory. God is present in your pain. God has purpose in your pain. I believe we could all look back on our life as we close today. We could all look back in our life, maybe go back 5, 10, 20 years, right? Rewind with me for a minute. And in the middle of that pain, in the middle of that hurt that you were facing. I think we all, if we were honest, we said, God, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I don't get why I went through that. I don't get it. I, I don't, why did I have to face this? I don't understand why I faced this pain. In the moment, we don't get it, do we? But then fast forward through that season to where you're at right now. And everything becomes clear, doesn't it? Okay. I, I see the big picture now, God. I, I, I see that, God, you were with me through that. I thought I was alone. But I see your hand in that situation now. I see your peace that brought me through that storm. A peace that I could never get on my own. I see, God, I see it now. Looking back, now I see it. I see, God, that you made me stronger. 
painful at the time. I didn't know if I was going to make it, but now I see. Now I see that I'm wiser. Now I see that I'm more confident. Now I see I'm a better husband. I'm a better wife. Now I see it, God. I'm more full of faith than I was before. You brought me through. I thought you were heartless, but you were there all along. I thought you abandoned me, but God, you were there. When no one's seen the tears hit my pillow at night, God, you were there. You were there, God. And God, I've come to the conclusion that I'm great because of my pain. I'm great because of my pain, and I'm stronger because of my pain. I'm here to tell you today you're in good company if you have pain. Emotional, physical, financial, marital, work pain, no matter what it is. I'm telling you, through that pain, God wants to strengthen you. He wants to call you up to another level of spiritual maturity through that pain. You've been staying down here too long. It's time for you to come up. Time for your faith level to rise. Through that pain, your faith is going to rise. Because you're going to look back over what God has brought you through and you're going to say, no one else but God could have brought me through that mess. No one else but God could have seen me through that addiction. No one else but God could have restored my family. No one else but God could have healed my body. No one else but God could have done what he did for me in the moment of my lowest In the moment where I was so weak, I see. I see what God did. I see it now. It's all clear now. And once that happens, your perspective of pain changes. You'll now begin to embrace those situations. You'll now learn to lean and trust in the unchanging hand of your God. You'll lean away from your emotions that lie to you every second. Tell you you'll never be anything, you never amount to anything, you'll never raise a good family, you'll always struggle with this. You'll lean away from that and you'll lean into God's strength. And what used to be a weakness will now become a strength. Stand with me today. Hey, thanks for listening today. And maybe you're out there and maybe you feel far from God today. Maybe life has thrown you a curveball, you've taken some wrong turns you've messed up, I'm here to tell you about God's love for your life. You know, it's real and it's for you. And and no matter what you've done, no matter where you've gone, God is there. His love is unconditional. And, And the Bible says that if you just confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you're saved. And I'm going to lead you through a prayer. And I just believe that if you say this prayer and mean it with your heart, the Bible says you're saved. And I want to encourage you to tell somebody about this decision. But just wherever you're at, just say, God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Change me. Jesus name. It's simple as that. And I encourage you find a good local church. If, if you can get to fuel church, get here. God is moving. God is doing some great things in the lives and families of the people that come here, but find a good church where you can grow in God until next time. God bless you. Have a great week.